Making you free from your carnality and forming you in Christ. Dividing between spirit and soul. Yeah? I'm excited about this word today because I feel like the Lord's been doing things in my heart and just like inviting me into, into something so much more. And it's like, and that we actually get to go there together. And the word, you think about it, like the church fathers, the, the apostles, they're like, they, what they want to do is set you up. You know, think about a father trying to help his kids out. They're trying to set us up to apprehend that for which we've been apprehended, right? They're trying to set us up to just nail this thing, right? To become mature manifestations of Christ. The ro- it's a roadmap. It's like the, the keys are there, right? They've, they've invested all of their wisdom for, the, for their spiritual sons who are going to come along and who are going to seek, seek out life. And at church, like one of our things, we're not about trying to fix what we are not, right? We are about fulfilling who we have become, right? Fulfilling who we've become in Christ, not trying to fix a broken thing. So there's a verse, Psalm 97 verse 11 says, Light is sown like seed for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. So I'm just excited today to be sowing some light, like seed, that is going to propel us into our destiny, I hope. So we're going to start in John 1. Good place to start, John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Did you know you can fit God in the palm of your hand? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." We've been born of God. One translation I was reading says we've been given the authority to become the children of God. Do you reckon if I walked into cows tomorrow, bumped into a random stranger and told them that I was a son of God, they'd think I was mad? Because we're familiar with that kind of language as Christians 
But the word just told me that I have the right to become a son of God. Did I, am I reading that correctly? Is that what you heard? Romans 8 says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that we might be the firstborn among, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So we've got the big brother Jesus and us guys who are seeking to be like this awesome older brother. Hebrews 12.23 And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. So us guys, born of God, Matthew 11.11 says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So that makes the least of us, or all of us, greater than John the Baptist. And he was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. So I'm just trying to set this up a minute because my mind is being blown right now to my experience and what, what I'm hearing in the Word. I'm greater than every Old Testament prophet. That's what I'm pretty sure I just read. You with me? I might have to check in a few times just to make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. Um, John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So we know that having the Holy Spirit is what empowers us, right? That's what makes us. That's what makes the least in the kingdom greater than all of the Old Covenant prophets, right? Because we have the Holy Spirit, okay? The Spirit of truth has come, right? He's guiding me into all truth, and therefore, the least in the kingdom, with, empowered by the Holy Spirit, has become a legend for the Lord. Matthew 16 has this little story and it's about like someone having the revelation of the Spirit before the Spirit, right? So it's when Jesus says, um, he questions his disciples in Matthew 16, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say that John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, Jesus asked, what, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. So he has a revelation from the Spirit, right? This is still old covenant times. The Spirit has not come. Pentecost hasn't happened. They haven't been filled with the Spirit. So basically, 
He's received something from the Spirit and Jesus nails it. He's like, you, this has only been revealed to you by the Father because outside of the Spirit, like, it's too soon for you to have that revelation, right? Every one of us in that room, I'm presuming, has that revelation that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And he goes on to say, I tell you that Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. My understanding of that binding and loosing is that the culture of the kingdom, right, the way that it is in heaven, hallowed be your name, shall be on earth, right? The principles of the kingdom that we're participating in, the word of God, right, they'll be loosed in you and through you. It's like the culture, the DNA of heaven. It's not saying, by the way, that Peter's the rock of the church, because Jesus is the rock of the church, right? He's the cornerstone the builders rejected. It's not built on Peter. It's built on the revelation that Peter had that Christ is the son of the living God. That's the rock upon which he's building the church, not Peter. Peter's a good guy, but he's not the cornerstone. All right, so the Holy Spirit has come. Pentecost has happened. And we now have the mind of Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I've only got seven pages of notes, by the way, which is why I'm going at breakneck speed because I want to get through through this and hopefully we can land it and having covered it otherwise it will be to be continued all right so second first corinthians chapter two let's pick it up from verse six yet among the mature we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Secret and hidden wisdom. That's what we're imparting, folks. Which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Mind blowing. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Graham Cook says, if the devil knew what was happening, he would have tried to kill everyone that was about to kill Jesus. Right? When Jesus shows up in hell, takes the keys and says, now I've got all authority, and he leads a host of captives free. Right? It's like, what, what are you doing here? I thought I killed you. No, I've come to strip you of all of your power and all of your authority. All right. As it is written, what no eye has seen or ear heard, heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Right? They're quoting the Old Testament. Okay? So what's been previously hidden, no eye seen, heart imagined, has been revealed to us, right, by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Who knows the person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? 
So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? It's another quote from Isaiah. But we have the mind of Christ. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So we are, we've been given the Spirit to interpret the spiritual truths, the revelation of the gospel. By the Spirit, we're interpreting it in order that we could apply it to our lives, right? And to edify the body of Christ, like Naomi said. So the mind of Christ is to bring coherence between the spiritual and the physical. Right? It's to make the Spirit, the things that we are understanding by the Spirit, revealed to us by the Spirit, the things in the Word of God, the, the mind of Christ, right, or the design of, I think, generally the human mind, is, is the purpose of the mind is to bring coherence between the Spirit, the promises of God, and, and our lives our physical experiences. So essentially, we're reproducing the energy of God as we inherit the kingdom, as the promises of God, as we pull on those promises, as we believe them and apply them to the physical realm, we're reproducing the energy of God. It sounds like Genesis to me. So we have this option to choose to choose what's going to flood our thoughts and our minds. Because we've got the Spirit unveiling the mind of Christ, the truth of the gospel, which is the highest possible fulfillment of our lives. And by the Spirit, we're receiving it, we're, we're, we're making it coherent, and we're living in the Spirit. And I could let's start reading scriptures about the Spirit, shall we? Not of fear but of power and love and self-control. My gosh, I've got authority over myself. Let's read it from the New King James. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bring it on, Holy Spirit. So our thoughts are our connections, right, between mind and body, the five senses being processed in the brain. And we get to live, it's like that song we were singing, let Christ be magnified. Let Christ be magnified. If you magnify the Word of God in relationship with the Spirit, 
not just as a religious duty, like the Jews do that, reading it day and night, in relationship with the Holy Ghost. You magnify Christ in your life. What will you look like? Who's the hope of glory inside you? It's him, isn't it? So our thinking actually wires our brain. We create neurological pathways with our thoughts. We establish mental real estate, Caroline Leaf calls it, right? Well-worn paths, right? But we're actually renewing our mind, right, to establish a greater reality in our lives. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. This is the truest humanity, you know. This is what God intended for humanity. We've dehumanized ourselves and our planet. It's, a, it's chaos out there. This is true humanity. This is God's intention for us. It's not like we're trying to become cookie-cutter Christians. We're trying to become who we were truly made to be. And it can only happen through the Spirit, through Christ, flowing through our lives. Romans 8 says, for, the, the, the set, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The church is dominated by worldviews that aren't Christian. True that. Amen. And I'm grateful for you. Mm. Matthew 12, 30. This is war, and there is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side... You're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. That's the message paraphrase. In Galatians 5, it talks about all those things that we're, who we aren't and who we are, right? It contrasts them. This is not who we are. Do those things, right? Live in the pattern of the flesh according to the world, you will not inherit the kingdom. You can't be darkness and light simultaneously. Right? So we are literally designed. It's God's design that we're trying to fulfill, right? We're designed to be continually led by the Holy Spirit. This is what the earth groans for, is the revealing of the sons of glory. Right? Remember he gave us glory? It's what we give back to him when we're worshipping. We give you the glory. You've got to have it to give it away, right? He's given us glory to manifest it in the earth. The earth, in fact, groans for that. And that being led by the Spirit is ever-present tense. I love this bit of grammatical knowledge. Ever-present tense. Continually led. Not just on a Sunday. 
that's my dream, folks. You want to come with me? Lives filled with the deep consciousness of God, you know? Let's go there. That's what we're trying to apprehend, right? We want what is in our account to be in our possession. The promises of God are in our account, are they not? Are they in your possession? Mm. Are the promises in your possession? It's only an invitation, folks. It's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to share with you a dream now which exposes me. And as I was preparing this message, the Lord just, bang, interpreted a dream that I had 11 years ago. I'm slow. I'm not going, I'm going quickly today, but I'm not going that quickly in all honesty, folks. But I want it to happen. It's like life is short. Come on, come on, come on. Let's not waste it. Let's apprehend that for which we've been apprehended. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So the dream is, these, these indigenous ladies in central Australia, they've, they, they want to give me their royalties, everything they've got, right? They've credited it to my account, or they've, they've given me this little thing, it's like a, a, a check, a, a draw, like a credit note, right? And they said, we, this money will be better off if you have it than if we have it, right? And they're going to give me all of the royalties that they're receiving. But meanwhile, I've got the credit note. Before I can get to the, the bank to re- download the money, the, the men of the community are at the Alice Springs Casino blowing the money. They're burning through this account Right, So the, the longer I leave it to get there with my credit note, there's going to be less money there. So I'm in a rush. Right? I've got to get there. This bloke's wasting it on the pokies. So that's the end of the dream. And I'm like, what, what Lord? What is that? And I just was like, you know, this, uh, I've got, you know, I've, some, many of us, in fact, are entangled with indigenous Australians living in the Northern Territory, having a heart for missions, having a heart for those guys. So, and I'm, I'm very much like of that way, like believe that there's a destiny on the church to bring epic restoration, to bring revival. Believe that I'm called to be part of that, as many of you guys are. I'm thinking it's something to do with that, which it may be, it probably is. But as I'm preparing for this message and I was thinking of that word, I want what's in my account to be in my possession. Right? I want those promises to be real to me, not just hearing only, my friends. Right? And the Lord just went, reminded me of that dream when I had all this royalty money. Royalty is a foreign concept. I'd never heard it before I got to Australia. Royalties. Royalty money. You guys are royal priests. You're a holy nation. The royalty money is the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That's yours. That's mine. I was the guy at the casino wasting the money. The Lord was showing me 
I was both people. I assumed I was the guy running with the credit note. I was both people. I was the fella wasting it in the casino. As well as the guy running with the credit note. How much of my life has been passive? All right, come on. We're not going to give up though because the Lord's reminding me. He's like, come on, my boy. Get that credit note down to the bank and cash it in. You've got an inheritance. What does it look like to have that heavenly mindset? James 1.17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Those gifts, right, that he's given us, they are the creative power to reproduce the kingdom. But it starts with how we think, what we believe is possible. Are we choosing according to the word of God? What are we wiring our brain to do when we're thinking and choosing? Titus 3, 7 in the Amplified says, And he did it in order that we might be justified by his grace, his favor, wholly undeserved, that we might be acknowledged and counted as conformed to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action, and that we might become heirs of eternal life according to our hope. The divine will in purpose, thought, and action. The divine will for our lives. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So what does it look like? Heirs of eternal life. My son... Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to the whole body. Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow springs of life. What are we choosing? What are we choosing, folks? What I'm trying to draw out there is just that very opportunity to choose to exalt the word, right, in our minds over all things. The divine will and purpose for our lives, right, it's right here. We're not going to actually find the most fulfilling destiny. We're not going to find it outside the word of God, right? Through the word established in our hearts, right, through the word, front and center, it's going to reveal our true identity. It's unveiling. It will unveil us, right, who we're called to become. And that's why it's a WMD, 
The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God to overthrow and destroy strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. 2 Corinthians 10 from the Amplified. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. Isn't that brilliant? Setting our mind habitually. And this is where I've drifted from being the guy with the great inheritance that he needs to start to make real and the guy who's just wasting it. Because I've been laissez-faire, they say in French, casual, passive, non-intentional. How, can you, how could we possibly be unintentional? That's the Christian country club that I don't want to be part of, folks. <laughs> you know, rallying around on a Sunday and paying your membership fees, 10%, please. Come on, please, no. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's so relational, you know. It's academic in the sense that it takes discipline to learn and meditate upon the scriptures and to know them. But it's so relational, isn't it? You know, how often do you stop and just become aware of his presence? How often do you stop and just be like, oh, I'm one with the Lord? How often do you invite him into that situation, that thought? Because we can get to those places and like have a gnarly, unchristian, ungodly response to a situation because we're just being carnal. We're not, we're not actually so focused on the word of God that it's like that's the th first thing that be it becomes natural or if we're not do we look to him help isn't he the comforter isn't he going to come isn't he going to engage with me and go yes my son you've invited me and I I need him in every moment I need him to bring it to life and to awaken it to me So what do we do as we discipline our mind, as we take advantage of the Holy Spirit who is for us, we start to get this heavenly perspective. 
our minds are being renewed because we're abiding in the Word of God, right? It's living and active, right? It's becoming living and active in our lives. And we're seeing things from a heavenly perspective. It's those Genesis moments again. Activating, accessing the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? Guide us into all truth. Praise God, the Holy Spirit. Lord, guide me into all truth. I need you right now. And you know what? As you make that Holy Spirit choice, as you choose the Word to elevate the Spirit, life. The flesh cannot do anything in this earth. It's the Spirit that brings life. The flesh profits nothing. It's like, the Spirit. This is who I was made to be. It's so, and it's so physical as well. It's so much about who you are. It's about your health, your mental health, your physical health. It's the Spirit is invading every part of you. Genesis, come on. Because it's that power, isn't it? It's that inbuilt power to recreate, to reproduce, to renew. And our thinking changes. It's like when I see the acorn... I see the oak tree. <laughs> you know, remember Naomi gave us all a mustard seed? Do you look at that mustard seed and see the full-blown mustard tree? Do you see the potential? Do you see what's possible? You know, when Jesus looked at the boys' sandwiches, he saw the leftovers. <laughs> That's what you're being invited into, to have your mind renewed by the Word of God. That's the invitation. You're going to see sandwiches and go, wow, we're going to have stacks of leftovers. That's not an earthly mindset. I was looking at my watch before going, Naomi's talking for a long time with all these offerings. I'm about to get up. Come on, I'm serious. I've got this word prepared and everything. Earthly, carnal mindset. Holy Ghost, come right now. Sort this out. There's enough, my son. You've got at least 45 minutes. You see what I mean? Because I'm going, Lord, every time something comes, Lord, I'm inviting him in. There's a greater reality available to me. I'm still running with that ticket, folks. You know, I haven't got there and received the whole thing, but I'm on my way. I'm like, come on. Great and precious promises, exceedingly great. I love this from Galatians 5 when we're on the good stuff, 22 to 23. The fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is the perfect you, folks. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the real you right there. That's your destiny right there. Hey, that's a memory from your future. Against such... There is no law. What? The gravity? I've always wanted to levitate. What does it really mean, though? There is no law against these things, folks. There is no law. How are we doing for time? On the home straight, only six pages to go. Jesus. 
Hebrews 4, all about they didn't enter his rest. They didn't enter the promised land of their inheritance because of unbelief and disobedience. So possible for us, folks, to miss it, right? That's what Hebrews 4 is talking about. Then it says this, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit, and to joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Isn't that rad? This is what was happening for me before. You know, the Holy Spirit was exposing an orphan mindset that I was having. It was exposed. There's not enough. And I've, I've got this, I'm starting to understand that this judgment that happens, because we're not to be judged, right? But we judge all things. Remember I read it before? We're judging all things. What, what is that? I believe, as I'm starting to just, in, in this context, it's our, it's our discernment over our thoughts and our judgment. That's not right. Get out. I condemn you. You've got no authority. There's a judgment over that thought. Because I'm taking authority in order that, right, the life of God. Essentially, at the, at the bottom of line of this, it's a, actually a choice to just choose yourself. It's to choose you. That's actually the truest version of you. That's who you are called to be. You're, it's actually knowing your identity, isn't it? That's right. That's who I am. What, where's that thought coming from? What's that idea? What's that orphan spirit? What's that about? I'm judging that. Get out, you know. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Come on. Aligning myself to, the, to God's design. So it's deliberate and it's intentional. Two words that I'm terrified of. But it's the renewing of the mind. And with, this is where it comes in, like I started saying. The forefathers of the faith, the apostles, the spiritual fathers have given us the roadmap to reveal to us the narrow way that few people find, folks. It's not just talking about you in the church, you're on the narrow way. Come on, Lord. Jesus, come on. We want to start a movement. We don't want it to be a moment. We want it to be a movement, right? The moments will build up, right, until it becomes natural, until we're being continually led. Then we've got a movement on our hands. 
Jesus. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or set foot on the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all he does. 3 John 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your entire spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Exhortations, folks. And these are the things that happen. Our souls prosper. Our mind, will, and emotions prosper. We know that the quick fix that the world's got to offer does not work out in the long run. It does not deliver. It cannot deliver. It might seem the easiest. It's the path of least resistance, but it cannot deliver. It's the Word of God that will lead you into the life and the abundant life that He has for you. Fully alive, collaborating with the Lord. What an invitation. Thank you, Jesus. That's the seven pages, folks. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't speak this to you as someone who's fully arrived, you know. Like, this is what the Lord's speaking to me about and I'm just bringing you on the journey, you know. But let's go together, you know. This is an invitation, right? And I'm learning and I hope that you've picked up today as I've spoken some of the, the, the reality of what does it look like, right, to take hold of the Word, right? What does it look like to have our minds renewed, in order that we would become these mature manifestations of Christ in the earth, who we're called to be. Let's stand together, let's pray.